Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and just like tonight, wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me, Sizzlers. How are you? It's cold now, Melbourne. What are you doing, Melbourne? Hot, cold, balmy, wet, windy, rainy. Uh, make up your mind. I don't know why I'm surprised. I've been a Melbourneian all my life and it's always been this crazy. But what are you going to do? Um, can't really change the weather, man. You just got to roll with it, you know. Man, I've had a, I have an up and down week. I tell you right now, a very much an up and down week. Found out some pretty rad news, um, which I'll share with you now. And that is that my, my teaching gig, my day gig, Art of Touring listeners, is the, the music teacher at the Catholic High School in Epping. And uh, this year, I think I mentioned it off and on, I've been teaching something outside of my uh, comfort zone, outside of my wheelhouse. And um, literally within the last three days, it's I've gotten a little bit of information. They drip feed you the information in the high school system. Um, over the last three days, I've, I've figured out and I've been told that I will no longer be teaching outside of my wheelhouse. I will be taking on music. Even though it's junior music, full-time junior music, that's cool, man. Music is what it's all about. That's my gig. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, The day that I found out, my twins had their kindergarten Christmas recital. My kids are five and a half. Um, They're adorable. If you've ever met them, uh, you would probably agree. I mean, I know everybody says their kids are adorable, but these twins forget about it. They're so cute. And so uh, they did this little performance for all of the parents um, at the kindergarten, and it was awesome. Uh, little Vivian, my daughter, and little Cordelia, they were given very different roles. Little Cordy was given the puppy dog, and Miss Vivian was given the main role. She was the good fairy in Li- Little Rabbit Fufu. She had to remember all the lines. Um, and so I had to talk to her. I said, babe, it's awesome that you got the main role, but don't think you're always going to get it because when you get to primary school and high school, if you're going to keep going for performing arts things, sometimes you don't get it. So you got to learn to live with that. But it was a little bit too adult. We should have just gone, yeah, babe, you did great. And she did. Hey, look, I'm not saying I was like a downer about it. It was amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, I hope she doesn't get really upset when she doesn't get the next one because she. this is like a precedent that's been set in her mind that, you know, she gets the main gig. But we'll see how she goes. And so the same night, we're um, just picking up some steak from the, from the IGA and... Um, I go into the milk bar and they've got a a random selection of bootleg wrestling t-shirts. So I found this WWF Attitude Era Triple H t-shirt for 10 bucks. So I took that home. So it's been a good news week for the Sizz Dog. Um, And, uh, you know, 
Uh, I think I've earned a bit of good news because this year's been pretty rough up and down. You know what I mean? I mean, that's life, isn't it? But yeah, man, um, some some good stuff happening in, in Sizdog's camp at the moment. So all, all good vibes. Uh, this week, I caught up with professional wrestler Taekwon Terry. Uh, Terry and I had a great conversation, starting with his early obsession with professional wrestling, right up to his current in-ring career including a very interesting tale of how he found himself uh, with a new look on life after an international object was used in his final match before his awakening, which we do get into. Um, he was known as Terry Shaw, but now goes by Ty Quan Terry. So we'll hear all about that this week. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Get it anywhere where you get your podcasts. Guys, tell friends about this show. Subscribe to the pod. Tweet about the pod. Make a Facebook post about it. Um, you know, just tell everyone about the show that you're listening to because it's a good vibe. You know, this is episode 85, man. 85 weeks in a row. This dog's been laying down the podcast vibes. So, you know, if you're just joining us, it's great to have you on board. If you've been with me since the early days, it's great to have you. Keep on listening. If for the foreseeable future, the Sizdog is laying down the podcast every single week. If you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to put on Star Wars The Clone Wars. And once they're finished their peanut butter and honey sandwiches, throw Art of Touring back on. Now, let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 85 of The Art of Touring is brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles. Lobo's is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. In their newly relocated address on 310 St George's Road in Thornbury, the store has something for everyone, even the most die-hard collector. Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders. Trust me, the list goes on and on and on. So if you're looking for a gift this Christmas for the collector in your family, there's only one place to go, and that's Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. The coolest thing about Lobos is that they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store. So you are sure to find something different every time you visit. Let them know you heard about the store on from old mate Sizz Dog on the Art of Touring podcast. Man, I love this store. I would go to their original location um, and now I go to their new location, 310 St. George's Road in Thornbury, almost every weekend. And when I do, I always come home with a little something to add to the collection. Lobo's Collectibles, the best toy store in the universe! You know you got it going on, babe, at Lobo's Collectibles. Yeah. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen to your desk, listen to your desktop. That's funny. Listen on your desktop, computer, that is. You can just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Uh, now, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, Let's sit back and breathe it in. That's right. It's Sizdog and Taekwon Terry shooting the shit. Strap in and let's get loose. It's time for the Art of Touring to begin.
Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Art of Touring podcast. It is uh, quite a balmy uh, evening in good old Melbourne town. And sitting across from me is professional wrestler Terry Shaw. Ah, 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 ah. Oh. I am your Taekwondo guru, Taekwondo Terry Shaw. Right, let, me, let me rephrase, everybody. Uh, joining me this evening is our Taekwondo guru, Mr. Terry. Taekwondo Terry. How are you, Terry? I am doing very zen, thank you very much. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it is an audio podcast, um, but if uh, this was a visual medium, um, you would uh, be uh, our listeners would be enjoying your look this evening, mate. You've got the you've got the full black jacket on. You've got the the glasses, the headband. Tell me a little about the this ensemble. This is just what I wear now. This is just your vibe. Like this is me. I was I was awakened. Into the world of Zen. Mm. Because I was drifting away. I was just not doing anything in life. I was trying to do it as just Terry Shaw. And it didn't work. It did not work. And that's how we've come to Taekwondo, Terry. I had a revelation. Well, we'll definitely get into that a little bit later. But first off, um, on the Art of Touring, traditionally, we, we start off with where you're from. And where did you grow up? Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing, sir? Sure. I, well, I grew up in Melbourne. Mm. So, nothing really special about that, unfortunately. <laughs> Whereabouts in Melbourne? Uh, western suburbs, I'd say. Maybe northwestern. Yeah, depending yeah. on what your uh, take on geography is, I guess. Sure. And uh, how did uh, wrestling first become... Like a, a big part of your life. Was there anyone in your family that was really into wrestling that uh, that introduced you to it? Um, not really. In fact, a lot of my family were trying to spoil the magic for me. Oh, really? But you know what? It didn't work. The, yeah. the more they tried to steer me away, the closer and closer I became to the point where I am now. Yeah, right. See, because I... Um I don't. I can't really speak on that because wrestling has always been something that has always been like just a big part of entertainment for me, mm. and so it was never really like you know that's not you know how it's done or whatever. Like however anyone could frame that to you to try to dispel anything that you know, like what you were saying, try to take any any of the magic away from it. I can't imagine what that would be like. That'd be like telling someone the Easter Bunny isn't real, man. Like come on, let them figure it out. Like, on don't their get own. me wrong; they didn't <laughs> try to deter me from watching it, okay. but they just tried to make me understand reality around it. Sure. When a kid watching something doesn't want to understand the reality behind what yeah. they're watching. Just because enjoy it's it. because that's the reason why they're watching it is because they think that it's just what it is. Because yeah. they're at the age where seeing is believing. And unfortunately that's not the case anymore. But that being said, it doesn't change the fact that wrestling is still amazing. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more on that point, uh, Taekwon Terry. Now, growing up, um, who was your uh, favorite wrestler? Who, who kind of stands out in your earliest memories? Uh, Mick Foley was a very big one. Really? Yeah, Mick he's Foley. He's my favorite as well. Like he's he's the everyman. He's the guy that was different to everybody else. And what do you want in a character? You want someone that stands out. You don't want to be part of the flock if you yeah. understand no pun intended and no disrespect to raven obviously no 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 i'm with you but like mick foley was just the antithesis to everything that was being shoved down the throats of mainstream 
world at that point because it's not just America. It was being broadcast worldwide. Yeah, yeah. So everything was judged on that. I mean, there was a time where wrestling was just culture. It was everywhere. It really was. Austin 316 shirts, The Rock shirts, NWO shirts, everywhere. DX. Yeah. And here's this guy, Mick Foley. And a young Taekwondo Terry's like, this is my guy. I love this guy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I fell in love right at the start. Um, the first thing I ever watched was WCW. It was okay. the first thing that I'm aware of was wrestling that I watched. And that was Spring Stampede. I believe it was 99. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But it was, I remember the main event. Okay. The well, main was yeah. Hogan. It was Flair. It was Sting. And it was um, that Page. Mm-hmm. And Savage was the referee. Oh, wow. A big main event. Yeah. That was the first wrestling event that I'm aware that I watched. I probably watched something before that. Yeah, but that's the one that sticks out in your mind. But that's the first thing that I was aware. I'm watching wrestling when I watched it. And mm. then right after that, like a week later, I watched WrestleMania 14. Okay. And I, I was sold. Yeah, that was it for you after that. Dumpster match. And so... at. In 1999, how old were you? Nine years old. Oh, okay, nine. Pretty young to be watching wrestling. Nah, a lot of kids watched it younger. That's true. That's true. I reckon nine was about an average age to get into wrestling. A lot of kids got into it a lot younger, and maybe that's why they don't love it anymore. Mm. Because when you're a really little kid, you see things as obviously different than yeah. they are and then you grow out of them you start to lose the love of things that you loved when you were a really little kid because you feel like it's too childish to like that anymore. yeah right now you're probably the perfect age for it then yeah like, i feel like people that got into wrestling between i reckon the ages of 8 to 12 were the prime age to get into wrestling because they're old enough to understand what they like mm. and if they really really liked it then they'd stick with it yeah man I mean, uh, speaking from experience, um, I was like the exact demographic that the WWF at the time was trying to hit. I was 17 in 1997 when that, you know, the, the beginning of the Attitude Era, you know, up to the Montreal screw job and everything started kind of really changing in the business. Mm. And um, what, what, and it was, like I said, it was very serendipitous because um, at that age, that's exactly who, who they were marketing the, the product towards. So it hit all the boxes for me. It hit, you know, the, the attitude kind of stuff they were throwing out. They, it hit all the racy stuff because when you're that age, you're very interested in girls, obviously. And there's all these, you know, very beautiful women, you know, on your television screen every week. So it was a nice me, shift in tone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so then, you know, if you fast forward now, the product has changed dramatically. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine like how, if I was seventeen in you know two thousand and nineteen, what product I'd be watching. I'd probably be watching the AEW to be fair, because mm. it is a little bit more like the Attitude Era, you know, in the way that their product is at least framed. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and they're doing decent things. Mm. But what I feel about wrestling is, um, firstly, AEW, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. That it's come back. And it's a perfect example of what I'm about to say. It works in a circle. Pro wrestling is secular. Yeah. Because everything happens and everything rehappens. Right, right. Like everyone talks about Montreal, uh, the screw job, mm, right? Mm. Does anyone remember that it happened to, you know, Wendy Richter in the 80s? Right. Same thing. Same thing. No one talks about it. Huh. Break it down. 
And it happened again earlier, like many, much earlier. Much earlier. It happens in threes. Huh. So school me on the Wendy Richter thing, because I don't know anything about that. Oh, Wendy Richter, um, she got forcibly pinned for the women's title by Moolah under a mask. Oh, right. Yeah. And she wasn't aware that she she wasn't going over that night. Yeah, well, not even that. It was just the referee counted to three and she kicked out. Ah, right. And then a ding-ding thing, and you're a winner. Yeah. Holy moly. It all happens. It all's hap- it's happened. Look at the NWA. NWA Power is the greatest show happening for pro wrestling right now. On the, on the YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching it. It's so much fun. Wrestling needs studio wrestling. That's... All I'm going to say on it is it needs studio wrestling because you just saw the production value in it. It didn't take a lot. No. Like, you're not selling 9,000 tickets into that studio to sell it out. You know, And you've got already a stage to interview. You've got the ring. Yeah. It's really cool. It it's a pe- great setup and it's what wrestling is needed. Yeah, it's very cool. I love watching that. And whenever it pops up on my um, suggested viewing while I'm doing the dishes, I instantly click on it because I know I'm going to be able to enjoy that whole um, whole hour. Um, it's really great. And Billy Corgan, who knew he was such a wrestling fan? Uh, 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 William Patrick Corgan. <laughs> William Patrick Corgan. There you go. I mean, I'm like I was mentioning before. Um, you know, growing up in the '90s, Smashing Pumpkins is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams would I thought that one day, you know, one of the my uh, frontman idols in music would end up being like a massive wrestling mark and want to own his own production promotion. Like it's just unbelievable to me, but there you go. Um, the wrestling world is always full of surprises. Now Indeed. getting back a little bit on the Mick Foley train. Um, mm-hmm. uh, can you tell me as any of your um, incarnations of your uh, wrestling persona ever been um, like a homage to, to any of Mick's characters? Um, when I first started before I, f- before I was awakened if mm-hmm. you will, I mm-hmm. I started out just aimlessly, like going around, as I said. Yeah. So when I first started, I I the I guess the closest thing you'll see was I used to do the cactus jack haircut. So okay. He used to do the like the tied back half and half. Yes, yes, yeah, he yeah. did used to do that. But again, that was just a tribute to Terry Funk as well. So ah, right. Again, secular. Yeah. Yeah. But, I guess you could say that was a tribute. Um, mm. I was. Do- I- I'd like to do the Cactus Jack elbow mm-hmm. whenever I got a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I. It was more the confidence to get into wrestling that I took from it. That's a really big thing, man. Because um, I've never. I mean, I've done a couple of wrestling training sessions, mm. um, and purely just so that I could have a. I mean, I already had a respect for the business because I love it so much, and, I, and you know, I'm not an idiot. I can see what wrestlers put their body through on a daily and weekly basis. Um, but um, to go through that and then know exactly how it feels—not well, exactly—I didn't take a chair shot to the head like Mick Foley did in the Royal Rumble 1999. Um, but um, uh, you know, just even taking bumps—you um, know—for three hours, um, I was just like, "Wow, yeah, this is this is amazing." It's tough. It's tough, yeah. Um, and getting back onto my original point, um, it's important to have idols. You know, um, 
uh, I attribute Pearl Jam um, in my in my musical career to be uh, number one kind of influence. Um, you know, wear that on my sleeve. You know, till this day. Um, and so I don't see anything wrong with you know looking up to people and, and wanting to be you know closer to them in a way, like tributing um, your you know your career, how, however, whatever form it might take. No, of course, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to take too much. No, that's like, true. You want yeah. to, you want to be the right amount because obviously you you love watching certain people and you want to take what they do yeah. and you want to attribute it to what you do and make that's, it your own. Yeah, that's just natural. That's the way you create. That's the same with music as well. Mm. But when it comes to wrestling, if you take too much, then you're making them think of that person. Instead of instead yourself. of yourself, yeah, that's interesting dynamic. Whereas you it? want to be yourself, you want someone to think of you when yeah. you when you do something. So, I like to take little things, but not enough for them to realize that I'm taking it from them. Sure, yeah. And if it is too much, then I know I need to tone it down. Yeah, dial it back a little bit. Um. Well, that's really interesting, man. And so, growing up. Getting into wrestling, um, watching the WCW, watching WWF, and then you know into your teenage years, obviously when it turned into WWE. Mm. Um, was there anything really um, like? Let me rephrase. Actually, when did you actually go? Okay, this isn't just something that I like to watch. This is something I actually want to do. Like, when did that flip switch in your head? It wasn't really a flip switch. It was more of a constant nag. Okay. Um, and it was always there, like, even when I was a little kid. And it's probably why, like, my parents tried to ban me from watching wrestling, A, because I was bad at school, and B, because at that time I was impressionable and I'd try to mimic. Right. So you were trying it at home. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you should not try these things at home. Yeah, yeah. But, so my parents tried to, like, stop me. Mm. So they stopped me from watching wrestling for a while. But that kind of didn't work. Because yeah. um, all I did was I found metal when I stopped watching wrestling. And then after that, they tried to like curb me on that a little bit. But mm-hmm. it wasn't stopping me from liking metal, obviously, because they would never stop me from liking what I like. They just wanted to me. They wanted me to be a better student and so that I was more prepared in life. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. like. I was a rebellious teenager, so I was just going to do what I wanted. Mm. So I watched wrestling, I listened to metal, and yeah. I did what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how old were you when you first got into the ring? Uh, funny. Uh, 26. Really? Yeah, I'm late to it. Huh. Mm. I was stupid and didn't know where I could go and train when I was younger, younger. So, like, yeah. I was looking f- not really well, but looking probably since I was about 18. Yeah. Because I waited till I finished high school mm-hmm. and then like took a couple of years to just get high school out of my system. Yes. And was like, I want, I'd like to learn to wrestle, but at the time it was really hard to find places. Yeah. Um, I then luckily enough sp- stumbled upon some places to train Yeah, um, and settled on the one that I am at now, which was uh, Georgia Hitman's. Mm-hmm. The infamous. Yes. And I've been there since I started training, which was 26. So, yeah. Because how old are you now? 
Uh, actually, no, I was probably 25 when I started, actually, if I think about it. Because was, it was towards the end of 2015, start of 2016, I would say. Oh, okay. So you've um, been training and wrestling now for about four years? Um, no, three years. About three years, yeah. About th- three years, yeah, right on. It's really hard to think about that time because it was just all a um, whirlwind for me because I was making a lot of decisions that I didn't think I would make. What, what, can you speak more on that? What you, what like you I had recently moved out of my um, like parents' home around that time. Okay, yeah, big life decisions and there. Then, yes. And then right after that, I uh, just ended up going into wrestling training and I didn't yeah. know how I was going to go. Mm, mm. I was terrified, but at the same time, it's something I wanted to do. For a long time. For a very long time. And I tried to work towards it anyway. Yeah. But just had no idea how to begin and what to do and to the point where it was just like, I just need to bite the bullet and just do it. Just do it. And then, and then when I did, I was like, I can't stop doing this. So George was there, um, but was he still actively training um, the wrestlers at that point or, or did he have a, an assistant coach? Like there, there, there's a bunch of coaches was, there now. It was um, a bit of 50-50. Like he'd get in a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as much as obviously years before. Before, okay. But, so you were training under like, was that like Jason at that point? Or um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Joel was it a f- uh, Joel Bateman was it a few first ones? Sure, yeah. Um, then it was uh, t- we had Crusher, yep, mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Art of touring alumni. Yep, Crusher trains him now. He trained with him a little bit. Gabby uh, Gabriel Wolf mm-hmm. would train there too. Um, Bullseye Marcus Blake. It was quite a few yeah. that trained down there with us. Um, uh, Jake Navarro. Of course, Jake Navarra. Jake Navarra is very good. I really enjoyed uh, training with him. Xavier Black as well was with him too. So that was cool. Um, Yeah, all those guys. A really cool little community vibe down there, man. That's that, that's what I took away from it the night that I I got to spend you know three hours in the ring with um, uh, Erica Reed and and Jason, Mm. um, the Crusher Cole. I couldn't walk for like three or four days afterwards and I go to the gym most days, but I guess I'd really kind of let leg day go this year because I was just pummeled. But I had the absolute time of my life while I was in there. Just you couldn't take the smile off my face. And the guys, I don't know if they were just being polite or whatever, but they said I did pretty well. And um, I think maybe it was because after I took a bump, I felt like if I didn't do it completely right, immediately I would be like, can I try that again? And they would say, yes. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah. And I was like, because I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to get a chance to do this again. I want to get the most out of it. And I think they respected that. So it was a very cool thing. And, um, you know, even after um, I spoke with um, with George and I said, he goes, you know, you want to wrestle? And I'm like, George, I don't think I'm cut out for it. He's like, you don't have to just wrestle. You know, we need a referee. We need, you know, announcer, whatever, you know. And I was like, dude, that sounds great. So, I mean, at some point in my life, I would like to pursue that because I just love wrestling, man. And I love talking to wrestlers. Hey, listen, um, you've gone into um, how you first started. Can you now tell us a little bit about what it was like? when you first stepped in through the ropes for your very first match outside of the training and at a live show? Daunting. It was very daunting. My stomach was in knots. Um, I wasn't ready. I was not ready for my first match. Um, 
that being said, I learnt a lot. I learnt a lot from doing the show that I did. Yeah. It was very um, eye-opening to what you need to do and what you shouldn't do. Right. Um, And the match that you had, was it something, like, were you working somebody that you were able to communicate well with, like, even, like, maybe even even trained with before, or was it, like, just a fresh opponent that you kind of had to call the match on the fly? Like, um... So it was a fresh opponent. It oh. wasn't calling it on the fly, but it was just I wasn't ready to be in the ring at that point and So too soon. Way too soon. Oh man. And also just a culmination of other things that didn't work. Right. And the whole thing was just a shambles. And so like back I learned the- a lot I learned a lot in failure on that. Yeah, right. And so went back to the drawing board, and then the second time you got into the ring, it was a lot better. Yeah, a hundred percent, lot better. Oh, that's good. Mm, it was a, it was like a fresh start when I when I had my re debut. I'll call it. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, that being said, it wasn't that much longer after either. So, yeah, it was just a matter of timing was wrong and wrong place. Mm. Wow, man. I can't imagine the feeling that you would have coming out of the curtain, getting into the ring and actually putting on a show for people that are there to see you, you know, perform Mm. in that way. Um, Because as a muso, when I get out and perform in a crowd, it's something it's like putting on an old pair of trousers. Like I've done it that many times. It's very difficult to get any nerves really anymore because it's something that like, you know, I just, I know too well. However trying to wrestle somebody like that would absolutely scare the pants off me so um props to you my friend thank you for um for putting yourself out there like that Uh, now i do want to hear more about your wrestling career taekwon terry but before we do i want to take a moment to tell our listeners about anytime fitness in epping I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. Uh, They give you a key fob, which gives you 24-hour access not only to your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world, Uh, which means if you're planning a holiday and you don't want to ease up on your training, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. And it's perfect for the touring musician or wrestler as well. If you're on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere and get your training in. I love the whole concept, the whole 24-hour gym uh, concept. And uh, I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones on, they have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download onto your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. So if you're uh, in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you're like me and you don't like training with headphones on, you can still listen to your favorite playlist of music while getting your gym session done. Uh, They also have the Anytime Fitness app, which has heaps of programs and workouts on there to help you on your fitness journey. Uh, Not to mention the very friendly staff, which are always happy to help. Be sure to ask the staff right now in Anytime Fitness in Epping about their December long promotion where if you sign up in December, you will actually not pay 
pay one cent for your time at the gym for that entire month of December. So head on down to Anytime Fitness in Epping. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your favourite match of all time in your three-year career? Like what, what, what was that like and who, who it was with? You've really put me on the spot because mm. I just enjoy a lot of what I do. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I'm very critical about what I do, so I never overly enjoy it. Okay. It's one of those things where it's like I can watch it back and enjoy little things that I did that I thought were cool. Yeah, and if they yeah. went well. But then a lot of the time I'm watching myself back and I'm critiquing every little thing because whether the people notice it or not, you do. And mm-hmm. so when you know you not you've done something that isn't going to work it's it it hurts to yeah, watch it makes yeah. you cringe sometimes you have to pause it and look away for a minute sorry i look, looked away from the mic <laughs> that's okay but it it's just one of those things that's like i can't pick a favorite uh, there's a lot of really cool moments that i've done yeah, um yeah. like i've the the best thing to happen to me in pro wrestling has been my awakening right my awakening into the art of Zen. That's what the best thing that has happened to me in pro wrestling is. And so do you want to talk on that a little bit more and how you've um, had this uh, epiphany? Sure. So it started a long time ago, not quite in a galaxy far, far away, but it was still, I wouldn't even say a long, long time ago. It was pretty recent, but at the same time, it wasn't overly recent. Sure. One of them moments. Mm. Uh, I was tagging with uh, my former brother and former best friend, uh, Johnny Reset, um, who's missing, by the way. If you know where he is, uh, be sure to let me know. Mm -hmm. But it was just weird because we were stagnating as a team. Like, we were doing everything we could to try and win, but we just couldn't get on the same page to get a victory Mm. for the life of us. Every match that we would have was just loss after loss after loss. And it hurt, hurt to lose that much Mm. for both of us. And we both were in a bad place. I hadn't found my Zen at that point. I was still rowdy. I was still rude, obnoxious. I was overly full of myself. I thought I was a, I was the reason that people were there. That's what I was thinking. Whoa. I thought that everybody came to the show because when they looked at me, I reminded them life didn't suck at a point because I was a throwback to when life was cool, like the 90s and the 80s. Sure, sure. Sort of like what Zacky Boy does now, but Zacky Boy is doing it right because the way he's portraying it is he is including the audience. He's hmm. showing them what's cool about that era, but not making them feel bad about how they are now, which is what I was. And I was, I, all outright, I was a dick. I was going to say it. Yes. Straight up, hard. I was a dick. That's what happened. Yeah. I was just not good to people. And you came out of that, you're going, you know what, this, is, this isn't me. I need to rebuild my wrestling persona from the ground up. And that's where you came no, no. Um, I got be? hit in the head. Oh, no. By Mr. Reset. Huh? With our signature Guitar Hero guitar. Oh, gosh. It's funny that you mentioned Erica, by the way, too, because she was 
present for that. She actually managed us on our official last match mm. that we had. I, for some reason, I managed to tap into finding him recently. And we tagged one more time um, at Alpha Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you told me I had to find him again, I could not tell you where he is. I've been trying, like, I asked him to call me after the show. I asked him to meet me after the show because we had a great time tagging again. I didn't hold any grudges for him hitting me. Yeah, yeah. And that was the last time, before Alpha, him hitting me in the head was the last time I saw him. Hmm. He jumped the barricade and left the venue. Mid-match. Hmm. Not cool, His man. His girlfriend was was looking for him. It came up to me looking for him. Yeah, right. And after that, I was a mess. I didn't know what to do. Yes. I was, I was losing as... I called it retro Terry Shaw because I was a, a throwback to all things that were old. I enjoyed that part of it because, I mean, I'm a sucker for retro things. But... What ended up happening was I just lost myself in the end. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find any light in the tunnel. And then I literally did. (laughs) I found a light in the end of the tunnel. You came to find the Zen place. Yeah. And it was introduced to me by a Jesus-like figure. Huh. I'm not even kidding. And just when you thought he was going to tell me to, you know, find religion or do something like that, be a better person, you know what he did? What's that? He told me, I will teach you martial arts. I was taught Taekwondo by Jesus Christ, as far as I know. That's what he said anyway. He said his name was Jesus. He looked like Jesus. He did look like him. Quite a lot. He was wearing a robe, everything. It was like, I trust him. And he passed on the knowledge of Taekwondo to you through his healing hands. Yes. Yes, indeed. He taught me his ways. He taught me his ways. It was through numerous upon numerous uh, Karate Kid montage uh, of training. Yes. I'm not even, like, straight-faced. Yes. I would love to see some of those montages with you and Jesus Christ. Um, Is there a YouTube link you could share with us and the listeners? Unfortunately not, because it's classified as of right now. Okay. But I am working to having one ready by the end of the year. Sort of like a best-of training montage. A vignette, as it were. A vignette, yes. A taster. Yeah, a teaser, if you will. Vignette teaser for us to enjoy pre-show. Not even pre-show, just to enjoy in general. In general. So that when Taekwon Terry appears at your local wrestling promotion, you know all about him and what he's about. And the production quality is going to be amazing because I managed to get quite a bit of funding for this video. I can't wait to see the final product. Mm, the funding you can actually thank Mr. Tyler Frost for, actually. He's my employer. Yes, He pays Tyler. me quite handsomely. And it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see that. Have you been booked yet under this moniker and have you had your first match since going through this awakening? I have. In fact, though it's a sore topic, the last pure... And I mean literally sore because my neck is still jacked up. Yes. Um, I actually beat Callan Butcher. And I really don't like saying his name because he dropped me on my head twice. There was no need for that. Yeah, that's not cool. It's really not. (sighs) Oh, 
it's all because he lost his match. And he just to took, Tyler. It, took it out on you. I'm look, I'm impl- I'll, I'll I'll explain the situation to you and for the people listening at home because obviously you need to some be context. caught up. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Frost employed me along with a a new em- employee of his Vicky French. We accompany him to the ring. My services are to be his guru. I am the Taekwondo guru. I teach him the art of Zen. I show him the way of meditation. Because I am somewhat of an addict when it comes to the M-word, and that is meditation. Mm -hmm. Everything can be explained through meditation. You find yourself through meditation. Mm. Like, try it with me. Try it with me. I think I'm... Meditation. See what I mean? Meditation. That was incredible. Meditation. I, I just blew your mind. Just now. Just now. Wait 30 minutes. It'll be reblown again. It has a bit of a timer on it too. I'm not sure if you can feel this out of Turing listeners, but I, I do genuinely feel different after experiencing that with... Karma. My guest, Taekwon Terry. Now, the reason why Tyler employs me for this is because... He knows it is the secret to winning. The secret to winning his matches is meditation and realizing when to keep yourself composed. That's what it's about. Yes. Unfortunately, I was not really able to articulate that to myself for a long time. Mm. Even as myself, Taekwondo Terry, I was still struggling because I was still a student. And you know what? We are all still students when it comes to everything that we love. Everything that makes us better, we are always students because you will never be the best. You'll never master anything. Because if you do, then what's the point? Yes. You want to constantly be better. You want to constantly improve everything that you do. Elevate yourself. That, that is the being that you need to be. And you know why? Because without that, you stagnate. Without And with stagnation comes rot. And do you want to rot? No. No. Can you tell me about your upcoming match, most recent, what's happening next for Taekwondo Terry? Well, I'm not really medically cleared to wrestle. Yet. I don't know when. I have to go see another doctor. They actually urged me to get a neck brace. I'm waiting uh, on that. So... I'm just... I'm really stiff in the neck. They they had me do like an x-ray. Mm. Um, I got... For more of the context on what happened, Callan Butcher lost a match to my employer, Tyler Frost. Yes. He lost said match and the stipulation was if he lost, he'd have to be Tyler's servant. That is fact. Okay? So, whether anybody understands or not, Callan Butcher is an employee of Tyler Frost. An employee. Like me and like Miss French. Hmm. We are employees. He, however, had no choice in his because he lost it as a bet. He decided to wager his freedom rather than just, you know, asking for a job and, you know, getting a decent salary. It's really, really good. I'm not joking. It's a great, great salary. Hmm. But 
when he decided to challenge for the match and become his servant, he did it without thinking and he lost. He became his servant. Okay? Right, right, yep. Now he just blames Tyler, he blames me, he blames Vicky for all of this. But he should be blaming himself because he lost the match. He lost the match. Nobody else. The two competitors in that match, Tyler, Callan. One had to win, one had to lose, and unfortunately, Callan did not pick the winning card. He lost that duel, sir. Yes. Now, since becoming employed by Tyler Frost, this is Callan now, not me. He has been making Tyler's life a living hell, as well as mine and as well as Vicky's. Yes. Tyler has been not trusting him, so he's been avoiding the shows. He's been putting me in his spot because he is aware that I am at least slightly more expendable than himself. He earns a lot of money. He's worth a lot of money. He's a philanthropist. You cannot put him in danger. How did he make his millions? It's not the point. We need to continue. (laughs) Okay. I'm not allowed to talk about that. Don't you know Tommy Wiseau doesn't talk about his millions? Of course. Yeah, sometimes things are a mystery for the sake of being a mystery, and things are better left that way. It's like Atari Landfill. If we never found it, it would be a magical place. Now we found it, the magic is gone. That's, I've seen that, Docker. That was incredible. Anyway, I digress. Last week, we had Pure. Not last week, sorry, two weeks ago. I got dropped on my head. You can explain. There's going to be some memory loss. Yeah. So, he dropped me on my head twice. Just... I beat him in that match. I know that. I watched the footage back. Sure, yeah, yeah. I rolled him up. Clean as a whistle. Yes. One, two, three. I won a very pivotal match for me. No one thought I could. I was the ultimate underdog of that match and I succeeded. So when you are medically cleared, um, are you looking for... I mean, revenge would probably be not... I want nothing to do with Callan Butcher. Oh, okay. So, who are you looking to um, put put your skills up against next? My focus is Tyler Frost. Okay. I am at the disposal of Tyler Frost. Tyler Frost is my employer. Yes. So, my next match is what Tyler wants me to have. My next appearance will be when Tyler wants me to appear. If I have to deal with Callan Butcher in the meantime, I have to. But all I have to say is he dropped me on my head twice. There's no need. Okay. So, um, is there a name that is associated with Tyler Frost's um, stable? It's true faith. True faith. And it's what everyone needs. And through clarity of mind and meditation, you will come to realize true faith is the real answer to everything. Oh, there you go. Well, we look forward to seeing the um, the conclusion to this um, story that is unfolding between you and these competitors. Now, before we... Nice dodge. Thank you. Before we do finish up here, before we wind down, I would like to talk a little bit more about um, your previous uh, wrestling career before you had this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, change of heart, we, we might call it. You want to go back to the dark days, shall we? Just a little bit, yes, okay. before we finish up. What would you like to know? 
Um, where have you wrestled? What other pr- what promotions have you wrestled for? Have you ever wrestled interstate? Oh, yeah, I've um, I've wrestled for PWSA in South Australia before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wrestled for NAW, obviously, both the Pure and the live shows yeah, at yeah. Albion and Glenroy. Yes. Um, I've wrestled for PPW in Sunbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was really fun. Really good promotion. Yeah. Um, I've also wrestled for APW. Uh, Adrenaline Pro Wrestling in yes. the eastern side of town. Sure, yep. Very, very far away from the uh, Westerners that listen to your podcast, I'm guessing. But at the same time, if you're on that side of town, it's worth watching. Nice. You should go check them out. Have you ever um, been um, subject to or have you ever um, uh, participated in any um, classic ribs backstage with your fellow wrestlers and one that you might... Be willing to share with our listeners? Um, Have you ever put like an action figure in somebody's boot? <laughs> no. That's the kind of thing I probably would do. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I, I can't really think of anything. I, I'm i more witness to them. I laugh my head off whenever I see them. What but- was something that happened recently that, uh, that you found amusing? Uh, I know I was subject to one. <laughs> Oh, okay. Why don't we go with your one first? Okay. Well, we we um, uh, met on the set of a film, um, mm. and uh, we 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 spent most of our time at the start of the year filming your um, scenes. But then uh, this just this past November, we were filming the the end of the film, um, where our hero gets thrown into the cage, and um, in between takes, um, the main actor. Uh, James Storm had a little spray bottle and he was spraying his hair with the spray bottle to make himself look a little bit more, you know, weathered and and sweaty. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had just got my jeans um, redone because there was holes everywhere. I even had like a hole in the crutchal region. And so they're nudie jeans. I took them back to the nudie um, store in Chadston and they fixed them for free. But to fix them, they had to put like a really thick layer of material right on my butt so that it wouldn't, you know, rip again, you know. Mm-hmm. And so here's me trying to be a good little extra on the set of this movie, holding onto the cage in between takes, you know, just staying in character. And there's James Storm with the spray bottle just spraying it right up my ass. <laughs> And I had no idea because there's like this massive thick layer right between my butt cheeks. I had no idea. And so fast forward about a half an hour later, we finally get a break. I sit down and only then like my ass is all wet. I'm like, what the the fuck? And there's James Storm in the corner pissing himself. So, yeah, um, he he then fell asleep um, in the cage a little bit later, I think the following night. And I actually I, noticed that because I saw you sleeping next to him. Yeah. It was, it was adorable. <laughs> it was a bit funny. You, you two were just like laying next to each other, but like backs fa- like towards each other. So yeah. you were facing away. Yeah. It was almost like you were a couple that were having a fight. <laughs> yeah. What well, I'd already I'd already laid down and then he joined me and I was like, oh, okay, I don't really want to take up your space. Now that gets weird first. because you were on the outside. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> he would have he would have had to have gone into the yeah. middle, like he, right into the corner. He did, yeah. He, he, so he, made nuzzled, himself. he, he nuzzled himself in against you. Hey, look, you know, it's only a moment uh, that he and I shared anyway. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> Most definitely. So I was just kind of foxing for a little bit, not really sleeping, so I 
just kind of got up and then, but he, his shoot fell asleep. And so I got the spray bottle and I was so close to getting him back, but I'm like, I don't- But you're like, it's James Storm. It's James Storm. So- <laughs> He'll probably eat me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I took a jug. I got one of my cage buddies to take a photo of me pretending to spray his up the butt, but I didn't actually do it. So good call. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Smart for your existence. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I didn't. I didn't want to jeopardize it any further. So yeah, you go. So that was a pretty funny rib. That, that was I, that was hilarious. Yeah, was I, I, I dug. I dug that. Thank you. That, I, I'll, I'll file that under the funny story moments. Thank you. Yeah. That was a uh, that was pleasurable to listen to, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, get, let's tit for tat, mate. If anything comes to mind, pleasurable the, for me to the closest feast I can think of. The closest thing I can think of is yeah. the last time I teamed with Johnny Reset before the reunion, which oddly enough was called the um, "All Bad Things Must Die" end of world tour. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, there was no world tour about it. We had one show, and that was it. Yeah, it was it was one time band reunion. Uh, but we in our last match, we got managed by, as I said, Erica Reed. Erica Reed, Dreamtime Voodoo Witch. Yes, yes, indeed. And we were up against um, those Polynesian monsters themselves, raw beef. Ah, raw beef. Big guys, really big guys. The champions. The champs. The chizamps, if you will. Most deaf. Oh, and most deaf indeed. You can <laughs> guarantee we did not come out on top. No. In f- but, but we did have a secret weapon that night. Erica managed to summon up with her magic to counteract the raw beef of raw beef. Yes. We had raw beef of our own. Oh. We had beef sausages. Really? In her trunks. She managed to summon them up. Yes. Brought them from the from the dream time. I didn't know that there was a Woolworths in the dream time. Apparently there is, though. Yeah. Um, managed to summon them up. And then proceeded to throw them at raw beef <laughs> at some point in the match. Yeah. Um... The good points to that were, it was funny. Yes. It was really funny. And oh my God, was it funny? Yes, right. They're, they're the three big points on that. The sec- But the bad points, maybe... Like, they probably didn't see the humor in it. Yeah. And not only that, but it was messy. Right. Yeah. And it was messy. But at the same time, I feel like the humor outweighed the mess. Nice. Now, not- that's for me, though. But whether other people agree with my sentiments or not, it's not up to me. And I apologize to everyone that wasn't a fan of the raw beef, the raw beef, beef that we had because it was beef, beef sausages. But no, no, there was beef between. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> uh, that's 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 wordplay. No, um, it was it was a good match, but then, yeah, yeah. But then obvious reasons, it's dark for me. And they weren't um, actually in on it. This was a su- genuine surprise for them when... Um, you know what? I can't remember. Sausages- you know what? I honestly can't remember. I did kind of fall on my head recently. As well as that night, I got hit in the head with a Guitar Hero guitar. So, as you can it's, see... They may have known about it. They may not. Yeah. It's, uh, let's just um, leave that to popular opinion. Love it. 
Well, Mr. Taekwon Terry, Terry Shaw, thank you so much for being a guest on The Art of Touring and telling us all about your wrestling career. Well, thank you, David. It was really, really nice to have you, like, have this seat on your podcast. Yeah, it's been a blast, man. Um, Before we finish up, is there a way that um, people can follow your wrestling career? Do you have an Instagram or or a Facebook that they can follow? I don't have an Instagram, but if you go on Facebook and look up Terry Shaw Pro Wrestler, yes, then you should be able to find me. Excellent. I can't guarantee that because I'm not very popular. But at the same time, there's a chance. There'll, there'll be a way to find yeah. you on there. If they type in Terry Shaw Pro Wrestler, you there, should is, come up. There, is a, there is a slight chance the algorithm may bring up a page that resembles mine. Excellent. Well, if you want to follow the career of Taekwon Terry, just put in Terry Shaw Pro Wrestler into your book face and you may just stumble onto something stum- weird. Stumble onto <laughs> Taekwon Terry. You you may not, as I said, you yeah, might stumble yeah. onto something completely different. Who knows? Maybe someone has like started a new Taekwondo business somewhere in Terry, Mexico. You never know. You never know. Well, you should probably. I think you sh- you should kind of step up your social media game. You want people to be able to find you, so you can you know sell t shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. Like, come on. dot com. dot com. Oh man. Yeah, you want that merch money, baby. Tempting, but also, <laughs> also. I don't ever retort to that. You're very, very true. I need to step up my social media. But at the same time, I'm also a very private person, I guess, and like to zen out and like to be zen. And I feel like sometimes unplugging is the the best way to do that. Yeah, right on. It makes what you do say mean more if you don't say a lot. Nice one. We will leave on that note. Namaste. Taekwon Terry, thanks for joining us. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 85, done and dusted. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I hope you come on back each week and keep on listening. I have a new guest each week, Musos, p- professional wrestlers, uh, performers of all shapes and sizes. You never know what you're going to get. It's it's a uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. It's just like a box of chocolates made for Come told you, and now you're listening. You know, you're gonna never know what you're gonna get when you listen to the art of touring. So, come on back each week. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly art of touring podcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show, maybe you know someone else who'd like to come on the show. Just slide into the old DMs at art of touring podcast on Instagram or shoot me an email and I'll get right back to you. You can listen to Art of the Turing, Art of the Turing, Art of Turing on Wooshka. You can download it on iTunes, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts. And um, if you are doing that, all of those platforms have a rating system, yeah? So you can sneak on in there and click rate five stars. That would be great if you could do that for the Dog. That would be absolutely amazing. Now let's get into some plugs. 
Guys, this Saturday, not tomorrow, but a week from now, Saturday, December 14th at the Corner Hotel, I will be playing Pearl Jam's greatest hits with a super group of musos, including members of The Passouts, Warbirds, and Creek. Joining us on the night will be Melbourne's own Foo Fighters and Nirvana tribute band, Foovana! Tickets are available right now at the Corner Hotel website. Or you can just follow the pass outs on Facebook and go to our events section and grab your tickets now. That's Saturday, December 14th at the Corner Hotel. Pearl Jam's greatest hits. Alive, Black, Jeremy, Daughter, Rearview Mirror, Indifference, Elderly Woman Behind a Counter in a Small Town, uh, Immortality, Spin the Black Circle, um, Better Man, um, uh, Tremor Christ, State of Love and Trust, Yellow Leadbetter, Rocket in the Free World. Um, that's that's almost all of the songs. Hail, hail, give it to fly. I promise I am i don't have those names of the songs in front of me. I've just been rehearsing the song so much. I know pretty much the set list back to back. So you're going to get the classic Pearl Jam show. As close as you can get to the real thing. Trust me, we've been working our little butts off. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout outs. Shout out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big, 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 big thanks to my guest this week, Ty Quan Terry. Be sure to follow him on Facebook, Terry Shaw Pro Wrestler, and his brand new Instagram, Terry Shaw Pro Wrestler. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Touring. With us is Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where, as the name suggests, you can train any time, day or night.